गुड मॉर्निंग एवरीबॉडी आई स्नेग्धा शर्मा आई एम गोइंग टू प्रेजेंट द हिंदू एडिटोरियल डेटेड सेवेंथ नवम्बर टू थाउजेंड ट्वेंटी दिस पॉडकास्ट इज फॉर दोस्ट ऑफ द एडिटोरियल इज गिवेन ऑन द लास्ट सेगमेंट ऑफ द पॉडकास्ट लेट्स गेट स्टार्टेड हैप्पी प्रिपेरेशन Bidding India and comfort in the old normal. In general, India could still be in a sweet spot if there is a political change and a new administration in the US. This article is written by Suhasini Haider. With US Democratic candidate and former Vice President Joe Biden seizing the lead in the presidential election that puts him at the cusp of victory. The tension in India turns to what kind of foreign policy changes he will bring to India US relations. A bit of history may hold some clues. In September 2009, US President Barack Obama had tasked his Vice President Joseph Biden with building an alternative plan to Afghanistan to present to US generals who were pushing on for the surge or an influx of up to 400,000 troops to win the war in Afghanistan. Mr. Biden fought long and hard, building on multiple visits to the region and suggested that US did not need more troops. Instead, it needed to pull out and focus on a five-point agenda for what he called counter-terrorism plus. The details as recounted by veteran journalist Bob Woodward Woodward in his book Obama's Wars included a full focus on al-Qaeda existing other counter insurgency missions and dropping the Bush era nation building theme reducing US based to just two or three and fighting the Taliban with a view to bringing them to the table for reconciliation on Pakistan a country that gave him one of its highest civilian honors the Hilal e Pakistan Mr Biden favored a policy policy of engagement in order to deal with the Taliban eventually Mr Obama did not go with the Biden plan and ended up with following the military's plan for surge of about 33000 extra troops instead A decade later it was President Donald Trump who picked up ideas similar to the Biden plan when he ordered a large scale pull out of US troops limited US presence at bases and its mission in Afghanistan while appointing Zalmay Khalil Zalmay Khalilzad to build a reconciliation process over the Taliban While the relative merits of the different American strategies on Afghanistan will be judged in the future, what this shows is that the specific policies of Mr. Biden and Mr. Trump in the international arena may not differ as much as their political style and their ideologies do. Roots in the Obama-Biden era For India, this would mean some comfort in the continuity of Biden administration will show over the US policy with India, strategic and otherwise. While Mr. Trump owned the Indo-Pacific policy later, the policy owes its origin to the Obama-Biden administration, the first focused on Asia-Pacific in order to build a coalition in counter-Chinese inroads in the region. During his visit to New Delhi in 2015, Mr. Obama signed the first India-US vision statement on the subject. He may not, however, pursue the head-to-head 
ब्रिंकमैनशिप स्टाइल मिस्टर ट्रंप एंड यू एस सेक्रेटरी ऑफ स्टेट माइक पॉम्पो प्रिफर्ड it also like it is also likely that mr biden will build on the military foundational agreements with india strengthen military cooperation and push the sales of us military hardware when it comes to trade it is unlikely that mr biden can dial back many of the measures that mr trump has put into motion but he would have low hanging fruit to pick if he chooses to be a more flexible in restoring india's general generalized system of preferences status for exporters and in wrapping up the mini trade deal with the us trade representative robert lithizer and commerce ministry minister piyush goyal who have been working on but without success thus far on visas mr biden gave indian american some assurance at a campaign speech last month and he already has an in-house understanding of the value of indian immigrants to the us and the importance of india's outsourcing industry to the us through toro his running uh, running mate kamla harris friction areas where there is likely to be some friction with the modi government especially given india's pending review by the us commission on international religious freedom is where the democratic party leadership including ms harris Ms. Harris, uh, Mark Warner, Pramila Jaipal uh, have been particularly vocal. Jammu and Kashmir, the Citizenship Amendment Act, communal caste-based violence, actions against non-governmental organizations, and media freedoms. There are areas Mr. Trump ignored for most part, but are areas where Mr. Biden once said that the U.S. admired India the most. In a speech in 2013 during a visit to Mumbai Mr Biden had said we admire the way you have melded ethnicities faiths and tongues into a single proud nation the way entrepreneurship seems almost hardwired into indian society from rickshawalas to web programmers and maybe most of all we admire your democracy and the message that your democracy sends to people everywhere in the world international outlook Above all Mr Biden's foreign policy will be watched for just how much he reverses Mr Trump's pull out from the multilateral world world order including the World Health Organization UNESCO Human Rights Council agreements such as joint comprehensive plan of actions the Iran nuclear deal and Paris climate accord and traditional transatlantic and transpacific alliance He will also be watched for what concrete measures he takes in order to strengthen the rule-based international orders and to ensure the countries that flout it the most including China, Russia and even the United States are held to account. New Delhi might not miss Mr Trump's abrasive transactionalist style that puts a premium on personality over policy. but it had learned to embrace the new normal of the trumpian era at the two public rallies mr modi invited mr trump to in houston and ahmedabad showed the success of the government's dealing with mr biden's administration now depends on how much of the old normal the modi government is able to revert to and find comfort over the next few months The second article of the day is market dictates and a blow against equality. The GST levy on mobility adds places a prohibitive burden on the ability of disabled citizens to lead a dignified life. This article is written by Surit uh, Parthasarthi. Suhi Surit 
पार्थ सारथी ऑन ऑक्टोबर ट्वेंटी सेवन द सुप्रीम कोर्ट ऑफ इंडिया हर्ड ब्रीफ आर्ग्यूमेंट्स ऑन द कॉन्स्टिट्यूशनल वैलिडिटी ऑफ द लेवाई ऑफ जी एस टी ऑन मोबिलिटी एड्स यूज बाय डिसबल्ड सिटीजन्स द पिटिशनर इन निपुण मल्होत्रा वर्सेज यूनियन ऑफ इंडिया आर्ग्यूड दैट द टैक्स इम्पोज ऑन दीज प्रोडक्ट्स विच इंक्लूडेड व्हील चेयर्स tricycles for the disabled bareilly paper and bareilly watches was patently discriminatory but the court indicated the scope of its power to review the levy was a slender a decision was to impose a tax it said was a matter of policy or which the judiciary ought not to ordinarily interfere in adjourning the case it suggested that the petitioner exhaust his options by submitting his grievances to the gst council which is governing body responsible for determining the products are taxed and at which rate and which is the governing body responsible for determining which products are taxed and at what rate tax and a fundamental right at first blush this approach seems reasonable but should the gst council reject the petitioner's plea it would be imprudent of the court not to test the legitimacy of the levy much as it might be keen to ensure that the judiciary does not sit on the judgment over matters that fall within the domain of legislative and executive competence it might recognize that there is nothing inherently distinct about the taxing laws there are no way plenary and unamenable to judiciary judici- judicial review quite true the contrary taxes have a direct bearing on how society is arranged the nature and rate of tax imposed on a product can impinge both on person's freedom and on person's right to be treated with equal care and concern therefore it ought to be well within an independent judiciary's province as the top courts in canada and colombia among others have recently held to examine whether or not an imposition of tax violates a fundamental right market forces at uh, uh, play the gst regimes are launched in amid much fun fair fan fair in july 2017 with the idea of not only simplifying india's complex and multilayered tax structure but also with a view to fashioning the country into a unified common market in which the levy of gst will uh, subsume almost all other extend extend indirect taxes to that end the gst serves as a consumption tax on the supply of all manners of goods and services but its functioning has proved far from transformative at the time of its inception the central government claimed that the causes of liberty and equality would benefit from the states pooling their sovereignty together about with that of the union but what we have seen since is that with the withering of the state's fiscal autonomy it is the dictates of the market alone that appears to determine how and what goods are taxed the levy on commodities used by the disabled is a prime example of this until the advent of the gst mobility aids were almost entirely immune from indirect taxes in virtually every state exemptions were granted on the payment of value added taxes on such goods 
the gst did away altogether with this exemption indeed it was only after substantial outcry that the originally proposed 18% tax on these devices are reduced to 5% but even at that rate as the uh, petition in the supreme court demonstrates the levy increases many folds the price of commodities that allowed the disabled to perform the most basic tasks in this case to walk or to read Despite the effort to dignity the government claims that it cannot relieve mobility aids from tax re- uh, taxation because to do so will disincentivize demos- domestic manufacturers the 5% concessional gst rate the government said in a statement explaining the levy will result in a win-win situation for both the users of such devices the disabled person as well as the domestic manufacturers of such goods the argument is influenced by the gst structure in particular the manner in which firms are allowed to claim credit on taxes paid by them in the making of a product under the existing regime if the ma- maker say of a wheelchair has paid taxes on commodities that serve as raw material in the process of manufacturing it will be entitled to claim credit for the tax paid when it remits the levy collected from the eventual purchase of the product so if the manufacturer spends a sum of rupees 100 as taxes toward the purchase of aluminium that gets into the making of a wheelchair and then collects a sum of rupees 120 as gst when it sells a wheelchair it would be entitled to claim the sum of rupees 100 as input tax credit and would consequently only have to deposit rupees 220 to the government the state's argument is that in the absence of a levy of gst on the final product the manufacturer will be burdened with input taxes since it cannot claim any credit for those taxes paid the prices of the final product would have to be committedly higher and as a result the manufacturer will be placed in a relative position of disadvantage to the foreign makers parliament can find a way This argument though suffers from at least two fallacies first a reading of the various notification issued by the GST council shows that many other products that are essential to human needs are exempt from tax notably in july 2018 following a sustained campaign the levy imposed on male personal hygiene products that is a female personal hygiene products that is tampons and sanitary nap pads were removed second that the grant of an exemption in cases such as these would disincentivize manufacturers from claimant input tax credit this is a matter of legislative design nothing nothing suggests that parliament cannot find other ways to ensure that domestic manufacturers are granted credit for the taxes that they pay on inputs a set of against taxes collected from the eventual consumers can scarcely be scarcely be seen as the only legitimate mechanism available to ensure that the rebate is provided what is more the government might well have all manners of other options available it could for example exempt firms for paying taxes on inputs on the conditions that such inputs will be used to manufacture mobility aids a reasonable classification ultimately a decision taken on exempting goods from taxation is a matter of classification the constitution's equality code requires such a classification to be a reason the reasonable one in the case of mobility aids the oppressive nature of the levy is evident the tax places a prohibitive burden on the ability of disabled uh, citizens 
to excel with with the most basic goods to lead lives with dignity given that the classification rests on the state of disability it must be seen on any sensible uh, consideration of our equality jurisprudence as at least officially inequitable the onus must therefore rest on the government to show that the government that it had cogent reasons for treating these goods as distinct from other commodities that are exempt from tax exempt from tax a failure to discharge this onus ought to render the levy illegitimate it need not come to this the gst council can take a leaf out of the books of canada and australia and grant a complete exemption on the levy imposed on mobility aids a fair and just regime ought to demand nothing less less taxation after all is a tool that is intended to augment general welfare it is time we recognize that an unreasonable levy can deeply compromise the fundamental human needs to free taxing status from the ramp ramparts of the constitution is to risk the entrenching the inequality so surit surit palsarthi is an advocate practicing at a madras high court The third article of the day is alimony guidelines. Early enforcement of maintenance law is a must to protect dependent women. In India, through most girls are going to, uh, though most girls are going to school now, for many the inevitable reality seems marriage before completion of higher education. Girls are married off early and bear children long before they should. The trigger a state of poor maternal health and one is a root cause of high level of child child stunting and wasting in India. चाइल्ड स्टंटिंग का मतलब क्या होता है कि चाइल्ड की जो हाइट हमें चाहिए उससे कम है वेस्टिंग का मतलब क्या होता है कि चाइल्ड का जो वेट जो वांटेड और डिजायरेबल है उससे कम हो ठीक है उसे कहते हैं चाइल्ड स्टंटिंग एंड वेस्टिंग इन इंडिया देर इज आल्सो द पॉसिबिलिटी ऑफ मैरिज नॉट वर्किंग आउट फॉर वेरीड रीजन लिविंग द गर्ल और यंग वुमेन इन एक्सट्रीम डिस्ट्रेस बिकॉज ऑफन दे आर नॉट ऑफन शी इज नॉट फाइनेंशियली इंडिपेंडेंट Parliament and the courts have persistently enacted legislation to give women better rights. Article 15.3, uh, which states nothing in this article shall prevent the states from making any special provision for women and children, read together with Article 39, which directs uh, state policy towards equal pay and opportunities for both men and women, and protecting the health of women and children, are two constitutional safeguards. On Wednesday, the Supreme Court leaned on these two articles. and a host of other laws while hearing a dispute between a mumbai based couple and set down comprehensive guidelines on alimony the court ruled that an abandoned wife and children will be entitled to maintenance from the date she applied for it in the court of law in a 67 page judgment a bench of justice indu malhotra and r subhash reddy outlined specifics including uh, reasonable needs of a wife and a dependent children her educational qualifications whether she has an independent source of income and if she does if it is sufficient to follow for family courts magistrates and lower courts on alimony cases given the large and growing percentages of matrimonial litigation some clarity was necessary cases are known to drag on and acquire cobwebs worsening the misery of vulnerable women 
the court laid down that while women can make a claim for alimony under different laws including the protection of women from domestic uh, violence act 2005 and section 125 of crpc or under the hindu marriage act 1955 it would be inequitable to direct the husband to pay maintenance under each of the proceedings urging civil and family courts to take the note of previous settlements perhaps keeping in mind the vastness of india and its inequities the court also added how an order decree of maintenance may be enforced under various laws in section 128 of the rpc for women in india especially the poor who are often overlooked in discourses the top courts words that maintenance laws will mean little if they do not prevent dependent wives and children from falling into destitution and vagrancy after a glimmer of hope The last article of the day is a new dawn. Biden brings hope, but Trump's regressive politics will certainly outlast his time. After failing, after trailing but steadily closing the gap since election day, Democrat and former Vice President Joe Biden has seized the lead in the Republican leading leaning swing state of Georgia and in Pennsylvania, and winning them would guarantee his victory in the 2020 U.S. presidential election. Mr. Biden is now poised to garner more than 270 votes in the electoral college. with leads in Georgia, Pennsylvania, Nevada and Arizona and wins in any two of them or in Pennsylvania alone should be enough however an obstacle in his path to the oval office comes from the scatter shot of legal actions by the Trump campaign to stop the counting of votes after the pol- polls closed on the unfounded allegations that mail-in votes were subject to a large-scale fraud. Mr. Bill Dinn is also firmly on track to win the popular vote decisively, having secured more than whooping 73 million, a fact that Democrats will no doubt seize upon in the days ahead to underscore the legitimacy of their potential mandate to govern. The nail-biting denouement to the contest, contest belief Earlier hopes on both sides for a landslide victory, with the fiercest contest playing out in the swing states of the Rust Belt, including Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, and further afield Arizona, Florida, and Nevada. Under the shadow of the COVID-19 pandemic, a historically unprecedented surge in mail-in voting contributed to high overall turnout, likely in excess of 68%. In normal times and with the predictable predecessor, Mr. Biden have relished the prospect of preparing to enter office in January 2021. Yet the pandemic and the legacy of Mr. Trump's administration imply that should he win, Mr. Biden will have to make plans on an emergency footing, not only on the realms of healthcare and macroeconomics policy, but also in terms of healing the painful divisions and have led to the emergence of two Americas, with radically divergent views on everything from tolerating pluralism to embracing globalization. On COVID-19, the US will soon touch a grim milestone, 10 million cases, more than 230,000 fatalities have been recorded. This makes it imperative that the next president of the country respects science and advocates the use of masks, social distancing and lockdown. Similarly, experts concur that the pandemic uh, induced a tailspin to the US economy will need a pragmatic and bold physical policy, not fear mongering and deny. Uh, 
denigrating immigrants finally it is likely that trump trumpism which includes not only dog whistles to white supremacists retrograde views on women's reproductive rights and an instinct to, to pander to unhinged nationalism nativism but also concerns for economically disenfranchised working class american will certainly outlast mr trump's at the white house if the us is to make a hope of holding into the superpower status the mammoth task of bridge building across the bitter polarization of partition divide must be the highest priority for the 46th president thank you all uh, hope you have a lovely day